Hello everyone, I'm James Barnett, the producer of the Night's End podcast. Thanks for being here. I apologise for interrupting the episode, but I wanted to do a shout out to some very generous people who've joined the Night's End Patreon. Thank you to Brian Jeans for joining the Horde. Thank you Tristan Fur for joining as a traveller. Thank you Scott Davidson for joining as a VIP. And thank you Debbie and Jason Gillen for joining the Night's End family. With your pledges, we'll be able to pay some of the operating costs associated with creating the podcast, whether it be the writers, hosting, licensing, and much, much more. It is with your support that we are able to keep going and doing this. So thank you. To join the Patreon, where you can be eligible for early access to episodes, bonus Patreon-only episodes, exclusive Patreon merch, and other things, please go to patreon.com forward slash Podcast. And lastly, I just want to thank everyone that takes the time to listen, and I hope that you're enjoying listening to these episodes as much as I do creating them. If you do enjoy them, please help us out and leave a review and a five-star rating as it helps us reach more people. You know, internet algorithms and all that jazz. Okay, so thanks again for your time and enjoy the episode. too many toenails in them. Excuse me. Ah, it's you, friend. Quick, we have to get out of this room now, otherwise... Phew. The echo of that memory is far too strong at the moment. It needs some time to germinate before a retelling. <laughs> but I can show you what was behind that first door last time. Over here. Okay, let's go. Tag. Written by David Court. It is believed one of the most common dreams is a falling. We've all been there. That helpless feeling of almost disembodied weightlessness that is all too often ended abruptly when you're suddenly awake. If you're lucky, the surprise wears off in moments when it dawns on your semi-conscious brain it was only a dream and in no time you're happily and contently fast asleep again. If you're one of the unlucky ones, the dream concludes with you partially reacting from the impact 
and you're jolted wide awake by the force of your body jerking wildly. This, you think to yourself in the following moments as you sit up in a panic, is what death might feel like. The dream was fading now. The memories of it dissipating like wisps of cloud. But the details of it cling tenaciously to the periphery of my consciousness. I was falling for what felt like an eternity, and can still remember many of the sensations. Falling through fresh wintry air that suddenly becomes uncomfortably warm and stifling as I descended. Comforting blues to bright hues of scarlet to an all-encompassing black. I brushed the sweat off my forehead and was suddenly aware of the loudness of my own breathing, much like hyperventilation after a panic attack. I tried to relax and could feel my pulse gradually slowing from the frenzied jazz solo to a slow and steady military beat. There was no noise or activity next to me. My nocturnal actions hadn't roused my wife, which was a small mercy. There's a game I play with myself and I refuse to believe I'm alone in this. I listen to the world outside with eyes tight shut and try to guess what time of morning it is before I open my eyes and turn to the clock to determine how close I've been. It's a work day, and I still feel exhausted. So I hoped, please, God, let it be so. It was still the very early hours of the morning, and I could rest for a little while longer. It was only now that I was more awake and extended my senses taken the world around me. I quickly sensed something was wrong. At first it was the complete silence that struck me as odd. The world, regardless of the time of day and where you are, unless you're some mad hippie in a sensory deprivation tank somewhere, is never completely quiet. The rustling of the wind, the rhythmic ticking of clocks, the dripping of taps. I remembered reading about a laboratory in the States an anechoic chamber, at least I think that's what it's called, that's nearly 100% sound absorbent. People simply couldn't bear to be in it for prolonged periods of time. As the occupant, you are the sound. You'd hear your heart beating, your lungs working, and your stomach rumbling. You couldn't even move around in there. We orient ourselves through the sounds we make when we walk, and without those subtle perceptual cues, we can't maintain our balance. And that's what this was like. Although I couldn't even hear my own breathing, for one terrifying moment, I was convinced I'd gone deaf. But as my hands moved to rub my eyes, I was relieved to find I could hear and feel my fingertips rubbing against skin. A sensation began to flood into my body. I was suddenly aware I wasn't lying in my bed. The surface beneath me was smooth. My hands moved down to my side, and by pressing down with my fingertips... I realized I was sitting on a perfectly flat surface. It was warm beneath my body, but as I stretched my hands out further, it became cold like marble. If I open my eyes and look at my clock, then everything will be okay. I tried to convince myself. I was beginning to shake now because I knew exactly what was about to happen. The longer I kept my eyes tightly shut, I didn't have to face the reality. I took blessed relief in those few moments of ignorance before inevitability forced my hand, and I reluctantly opened them. I was in my bedroom and staring at the clock, and it had just gone 2am. I felt the warmth of my wife against me as she stirred slightly and brushed her hand against my waist. A slight breeze filtered through the curtains, 
That ideal scenario didn't happen though. My heart started to increase in pace again. Eyes opened or closed, it made no difference. Blackness. Not deaf then, but blind? My heart felt like it was about to explode through my ribcage as I tried to make sense of my situation. Pull yourself together, man. You're not in your bedroom, that much is obvious. You're clearly somewhere where there is no light. How did I end up here? I cast my mind back to recall what I was doing last, where I'd been. I was in bed, of that much I was convinced. I'd woken with a start, in pain from what I'd suspected was indigestion. A nocturnal groaning and moaning as I clutched at myself enough to wake my concerned wife. My chest had felt tight, as though something was crushing me. I remember her arms around me as I struggled to remain awake. Was I now in another nightmare? It all felt so real. I slowly clambered up to my feet and stood there, unsteadily. It was only as I put my hands down by my side, I realised I was naked. I'd been wearing pyjamas when I'd gone to bed. I bent down to pat the floor around myself, but there was no sign of them. Just that unending, cool, unblemished marble surface. I stumbled forwards, fingers outstretched. My steps were slow and careful as my arms groped blindly in front of me. I'd walk some twenty paces without encountering anything, the only sound coming from the sweat on the soles of my feet causing a slight sucking sound on the ground as I walked, when I heard something else. Faint breathing. I staggered toward the source of it, and it grew slightly louder before my fingers suddenly recoiled as they encountered something. I teetered backwards from this, the briefest of touches, but I recalled the sensation. Something dry and warm, the surface cracked and contoured. Something that flinched away from me as much as I did from it. Something alive. Hello? I lurched back towards the source of the noise, more prepared now. I couldn't hear breathing this time, but could sense a presence. I felt a draft as something moved past me. I felt like whatever it was, was desperately trying to avoid my grasp. Is anybody there? I screamed. Unanswered, I was about to open my mouth to shout again when something was pressed over it. It felt rough and desiccated, but after a few moments, I realized it was a hand. A pressed palm of leathered old skin against my lips silenced me. There was something behind me, something that leant close to my ear and whispered in an ancient voice as coarse as gravel. Keep as quiet as you do still. Well, they'll find you. Before my hands could move up to free myself, I was pushed away in anger. I spun twice before I fell to my side on the ground, involuntary crying out in pain. I heard a sharp intake of air from where I once stood. Something there held its breath, a sound that was soon drowned out by another one, a distant noise that increased in volume with every passing moment. The noise was coming from everywhere at first. I mistook it as the sound of running water, but as it drew closer, I realised the noise was footsteps. Thousands of legs tapping a staccato rhythm on the hard ground, like dominoes falling. I jumped to my feet and spun around, trying to place where they were. I flinched as something brushed against my ankle, and white-hot pain filled my senses. I was about to put my hand down to find out what had happened when something bounced off my cheek, and I was overwhelmed with agony. An attempted run ended up as nothing more than a hobble. 
as any weight placed on my right ankle caused hurt like nothing I'd ever felt. I was aware that the air pressure around me had changed. I heard another sound over the tapping of the footsteps. A female voice. A succession of hastily barked yelps of pain, punctuated with cries of no, coming from some distance away. The footsteps of the invisible horde moving as one to the source of the sound. A suddenly extinguished cry became a long drawn out scream which lasted for an uncomfortably long time before ending with what sounded like a bag of water being thrown onto the hard ground. I tried not to think too hard about that noise. My hand moved to the side of my face, and in confused horror, I realised that my fingertips were pressing against my teeth. It was a huge gaping hole where the side of my mouth had been. The wound was tender, but the already scarred edges of it were hard like thin slivers of bone, tough filaments formed from bunched skin trying to remain silent, but I couldn't help but sob at the pain. Even the act of standing was agony to me, and despite my best attempts, I could do nothing to stop myself collapsing on the floor with a noisy thud, pools of my own blood lining the unforgiving surface that rose to meet me. The scurrying drew closer, clearly drawn by my pained whimpering. Attempts to silence myself were futile as my breathing became louder and more panicked. Something serpentine, damp, and foul-smelling brushed against my shoulders and back. Short barbs sticking out of it carved a path across me, and I could feel the blood flowing out of me through these new conduits and down my legs. It congealed under my feet like sticky tar, the heady aroma of copper and rust causing me to gag. Another slug-like thing wrapped around my legs, or perhaps it was the same beast, mutated and bloated and of monstrous length. My senses were so overloaded, I couldn't even feel the pain anymore. I was simply in too much shock, my brain teetering on the verge of madness. It was the only way to cope. I heard hysterical laughter and realised that it was the sound of my own voice, bellowing and maniacal. There was a moment when all was still before I suddenly felt myself being lifted into the air. My feet were leaving the stickiness of the blood-coated floor with a faint slurping sound, and I could feel the hot breath of something in front of me. The form that surrounded me constricted and adjusted as it took my weight. Found you, it said, in a voice as ancient as terrifying, in a tone that reverberated through my entire soul. Yaretz, it hissed. Dots of venomous spittle burnt my skin, something pressed against my lips trying to force its way into my mouth, but my teeth were gritted tightly shut. I tapped against them twice before it released some noxious substance and I whimpered in fear as I felt them dissolve into bloodied ivory fragments. The voice was inside my head now, as it oozed down my throat, filling me. Would you like to see where here is? It asked, mockingly. It had no need to wait for an answer I couldn't possibly give, as the space behind my eyes was filled with its light, and I found myself staring down at this place. A Stygian landscape, an atlas of horrors. My mind pleaded for the darkness again. My eyes widened and what little atrophied vestiges of my mind still existed could do nothing but surrender before I felt my skin give way as the chittering hordes erupted like a tidal wave from inside me. I'm standing in the darkness, 
perfectly motionless. You get used to it after the first few dozen times. The wounds are healed as you awaken the black, scars replaced by callous muscle and fused meat. The flesh is settled, but the memories remain raw. I know it can't be true, but I could swear after a while your eyes begin to adjust, and you can see things moving in the darkened surroundings. Silly, naive things that don't know how it works around here. They stagger around in the gloom like fools, whimpering and crying, drawing attention to themselves. The ones who've been here the longest, we know to be incredibly quiet and still. Like statues. You've been listening to the Night's End Podcast, which is a production of Dissonance Media. Tag was written by David Court. For more writing by David, please go and check him out at www.davidjcourt.co.uk. If you have any questions or suggestions for the pod, please go to www.nightsendpodcast.com and drop us a line. Until next time, stay horrific, everyone. <laughs>